another episode of break cycle me your host joshua smith hope everyone's having a wonderful wednesday i think it's wednesday i'm pretty sure it's wednesday uh i know i am back to work uh for the first time after 13 days so uh i'm tired i'm exhausted man absolutely you know you think you're gonna get a really good vacation when you're off for uh 12 days and then uh and then you take seven kids to disney world and life does not get any easier uh, my, my soul got some rest though. And that's the important thing I believe. Uh, let's check out the sponsors. Of course, we have top the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on break the cycle. We can get this great Epstein didn't kill himself hoodie that you see me wearing tonight by using BTC at a checkout for a 10% discount, or you can join the Patreon subscribe star or become a member of this here YouTube channel under all of my videos, uh, where you can get into a private discord server that can get you all of, uh, top Lops's new gear up to two weeks before it comes out at like a 30% discount. Really good stuff. Uh, and of course, executive producers of the show, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They are doing a wonderful job that the government sucks at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, if you own a business when the show's over, go check them out. They're great. Amazing. Uh, tomorrow night, a- Amy Lepore, the owner of... Uh, of uh anthem planning will be on the show uh she is the vice chair the rightful vice chair of the libertarian party of delaware so we'll be talking about the hubaloo over there including with uh bill hines the elected chairman of that party so that should be interesting you guys will definitely want to check that out uh great show for you guys tonight i uh i have gone back and forth on twitter with this gentleman several times over all kinds of a myriad of of different things um, you know, and he, he kind of called me out and said that, uh, you know, if, if I had him on or had a talk with him in person, that he'd make me look stupid. Um, but aside from that, I do uh, appreciate his voice, uh, on many issues. And, um, you know, I think that after listening to him, on not a podcast and talking to several friends. Uh, he's, he could be very based. Uh, so we're going to hash some things out, see if we can't get to the bottom of it, but he, he is the black mutualist, sir. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right, man. How about you? Oh, you know, I'm tired, dude. I'm just fucking tired. <laughs> Tara Reed said that about you, man. You need to stop. You yeah. do it all. I do do a lot, dude. <laughs> it's seven kids, man. You know what I mean? I can't just stop, dude. You know? Yeah, man. Well, it's, I don't know, man. You're right. It's, you got, it seems like you got a lot of weight on you. You take a lot of weight onto yourself, even like going out to Disneyland and, and whatnot. So you just can't do it all, man. You're not Superman. That's it. Like, if you continue to do this, you're going to destroy yourself. Well, you know, we got to do what we got to do for our (laughs) kids, man. You know what I mean? It's important. It's an important, (laughs) important part of my life. Uh, and I want those kids to be happy, dude. So, you know, if I got to make myself tired, I got to make myself a little tired. But let's talk a little bit about you, man. We we, we brought you on the show. We're going to hash some shit out. But let's talk about uh, you, how you became a, a mutualist or anarchist or I don't know. I don't know what people are calling themselves these days. But uh, I know you go by Black Mutualist online. Uh, obviously, you support anarchy of some sort. We've had arguments back and forth about uh, everything from from corporate businesses and their uh, their rights 
to uh, the vaccines to uh, basketball, man. So, but but let's hear let's hear about you. How did how did you come to uh, to these ideas? Um, you know, I tell people like I started out kind of. I was a Bernie Sanders supporter in like 2016, and I rode pretty hard from him like in 2016, and then in the next election in 2020. And uh, I feel like you actually have a similar story to this. I feel like when you're that involved in sort of electoral politics and you see a machine completely turn and attack someone you support, or you just see the full power of an electoral machine like the Democratic Party or even the Republican Party, that changes something in you. That sort of takes some of your heart out of electoral politics. True. And uh, after that, yeah, like I started, you know, before that, I called myself a social Democrat, like in 2016, 2020 sort of era. Um, But seeing these things kind of happen and looking at the state of America, it's history. I love history. I love um, just kind of getting into civics and things like that. Seeing all of these things together really sort of um, robbed me of my for many state solutions if not all um at this point you know look at my like political chart on my twitter it'll put me somewhere in what might be called like a menarchist um so i you know at this point menarchy is about as high as i'll take it and um going back to a mutualist perspective um joseph prudon um also i believe believed in um a sort of menarch sort of kind of like proto-government to go with the anarchy in a way um, but yeah, that's, that's really what it was, man. It, it was being, I already had a love for politics. I already wanted to change things through politics. He was kind of invested in civics. Um, but after seeing the state's power, uh, turn against someone that would act against it. Um, I realized that I kind of had to join people that were fighting against the government as a whole and work from there to try to bring about change. Sure, sure. Yeah, actually, I've uh, I've read uh, Joseph Proudhon. I'm I'm a fan of a lot of the mutualist solutions. I've talked a lot about it. I think uh, I think mutual aid is a great thing. Uh, you know, I am not a fan of any government solutions whatsoever, and um, I, I would uh, I would venture to say that Proudhon was not much, especially later in life either. Um, and I think that mutualism can be a, a very anarchist philosophy and should be a very anarchist philosophy. Um, but, but we've, we've talked a lot about, uh, the COVID tyranny online. You know, that's, that's something that I'm, I'm very passionate about. You know, I, I think that, uh, uh, forced vaccine mandates to, to stay working at an employer employer is, uh, uh, way, way, way out of bounds, even for an employer to, uh, to, to consider. Um, but I mean, what, where do you stand on all this COVID tyranny stuff, man? I mean, do you, do you think that what the government is doing is okay? Do you, do you think any part of it is okay? Um, are there certain mandates you'd be okay with? I mean, let me know where you stand, bro. So number one is for the COVID tyranny. I feel like to a degree it's overblown because uh, our problems with COVID are something that's only going to be fixed with science and medicine. Policy will not fix anything that any problem that we have with COVID. Um, It'll only make it worse. Um, So it's like it's militarizing a political sort of coalition against it. Uh, You know, it's not exactly the most uh long lasting or impactful thing in my opinion i think the we 
we still have the other atrocities that the state was rendering, such as imperialism, um, justice, um, you know, negativity or, or issues, um, um, what they're doing with the drug war, police brutality, um, you know, the proxy wars that we're involved in, uh, and, you know, the wars and the conflicts that we're involved in that don't officially call wars. Um, I feel like all those are still apparent. Those are all still running um, to some people's mind in the background because this COVID thing has kind of taken their uh, their minds. But of course, I don't believe that everybody should be uh, mandated to vaccinate, uh, yeah, or to be vaccinated at all. I don't believe that um, because you know there are side there are side effects to every medicine. Um, people that are kind of blowing up side effects about some of the I think they kind of failed to speak on the fact that damn near everything we take that's medicinal at this point in time has some sort of side effect. Uh, but they do have side effects. The, the vaccines are not right for every single person on earth. Um, natural immunity is a thing. Um, and research has shown that naturally can be stronger than vaccinated immunity. Um, so no, I don't agree with um, mandating everything. Now, as far as private businesses mandating what can and go can go on in their own buildings, um, you'll be surprised. But I kind of lean more on their right to choose what they can allow in their buildings um, because I believe, let's say, people in you know in one area mandating a bunch of vaccines. Well, at that point, the it can decide whether to continue being employed at that place. They can decide whether they will continue to buy products from that place. Uh, they can make any number of decisions, but the key is letting the decide. And if you, and, and this is coming from a mutualist um, that, you know, is it super hot on all the private property norms that you see, you know, your right libertarian espouse. Uh, for me, like if you have the building and the business and the money um, and you want to say that you can only work for, you know, your company under certain circumstances, then that to me, because the free market should and can react to that. Okay. But see, so, so here's, I guess this is where my, my problems with you come into play. Um, you know, you, you say you're a mutualist, you, you are an anti-capitalist, correct? Mm -hmm. And we're going to get more into that because the, the way that you describe capitalism is maybe different than the way that I describe capitalism. And so I think that that. You has, call it corny capitalism. Right, right, yeah, and we'll and we'll we've had this conversation on Twitter where we've actually argued about it, but I want I want to get more into that in a minute. But you, you know, as a mutualist, you're supposed to be all about workers' rights, right? And workers being able to organize against mm -hmm. their bosses. I mean, this is this is a legit part of part of mutualism, right? I mean, it's it's kind of the leftist mm -hmm. part of it is that it's like a, all about the workers and and what the workers can do. One so. Of them. Yeah. So, I mean, do you, do you not have a problem with, uh, you know, with, with bosses coming out and saying, Hey, you can't work for us anymore. If you don't make these medical decisions that we're telling you to make, I mean, doesn't that seem I like I have a gigantic problem with it. I hate right to work. I am explicitly pro union damn near. Um, I hate the fact that your employer can fire you for damn near any reason. Uh, if you look at my Twitter, you'll see that I've posted in support of the, I think, Southwestern Pilots Union and the NBA Players Union because those were situations where the workers were able to organize and repel uh, mandates from the employer. I think more unions should exist because whether you are for the mandate or not, 
uh, I feel like workers should have more power in their workplace because they're providing the labor. So I, I completely, I am on the side of a union, whether they decide to be pro-mandate or anti-mandate, I want the workers to unite and organize. Well, so like, so like in Australia where the, where the workers are organizing against the unions because the unions aren't protecting them against the mandates. I mean, what, what, how do you feel about that? That's the free market acting. So if, if we're thinking about this, think about this from the perspective of, of perhaps, you know, uh, another employer-based problem like low pay. If your employer is giving you pay that you're not uh, happy with, the answer that you give that person is to either negotiate with your boss or leave the job. That's the free market. In this case, if the employer has this power, they own the building, they own the products, all that, um, and they make that decision, then you can either negotiate with them, you can organize with the um, form your own union, organize with another union, or you can leave. But that's the way the free market has been set up for us to deal with employers. So, so I, I just want to see how far your uh, support of, of uh, you know, this kind of, uh, I don't know how to, I don't, you know, because I think our argument at first stemmed from, uh, you know, the the business's right to discriminate against people over the vax passports. Mm. Um, right. You know, and then that's now become, uh, you know, a, a, a federal a decree. It's not a mandate. It's not a mandate yet. Um, you know, businesses are starting to, to they they believe that it's a mandate, but it's not, it's really just a, a decree that came from the podium that has no teeth whatsoever. Um, for now, uh, I mean, until OSHA starts trying to enforce it. Uh, but uh, I mean, how far, how far are you willing to support businesses and their autonomy? I mean, you know, are you willing to support them if they don't want to let certain races in certain, uh, certain, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm I, I want to know. I, I, mean, no, I mean, are you, are you implying that businesses in America are not currently racist? Oh, sure. They're not currently discriminatory. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But if they, but if they, but if they are, uh, a lot of times, you yeah. know, they end up in, in court or they have some kind of, some kind of issue with the government because the government does have anti-discrimination, uh, uh, laws. Right. So, well, so, Josh, I'll let you in on a secret. The government hasn't been the best tool at protecting black people oh, no. and their rights and no. people that have been discriminatory. So we agree <laughs> across the board there, buddy. One hundred percent. Trust me, I know. I grew you know, I grew up in a I grew up in a, a black neighborhood. I there's there was like two white families where I grew up. I've seen it in action. The government does not care about the black community right. whatsoever. Not not very good. In fact, the government is a lot of the reason why black people are in the state they're in today. Sure. So or, or along with other minorities. So, you know, I'm not looking for the government to save me anymore. And I haven't for a while. And I think many black people haven't been looking for the government to save them for a while. Sure. And I, and I, you know, that's, I, I appreciate that. I, I, I think the, the more the black community realizes that certainly not the Democrats and definitely not the Republicans are their friends. <laughs> uh, I think, I think that it'll get, it'll get better and better in those communities for sure. Uh, but I want to, so so let's let's delve let's delve into capitalism because you know you're talking a lot about the free market. Uh, in my talks, you know, I, my mentor was Larry Sharp uh, from New York during my political aspirations. Uh, me and him hung out a lot. We talked a lot. He had me kind of work on some phrasing when I was, uh, you know, messaging. And one of the big things was I learned speaking with the left using the term free market automatically will shut down any conversation with the left. You'll never get any further than that. So we started, you know, coming up with other things. And I, one of the things I talked a lot about was uh, um, consumer driven market, because that's really what 
I mean, when we say free market, that's what we mean. It's a consumer-driven market. Uh, you know, even the left uh, empathizes with consumers because they are a consumer. We're all consumers. Um, but, you know, it's not really a free market in this country, is it? And and we know that. And no, I, I and, know. I, and I call it and I call it crony capitalism. And you've gotten uh, you've gotten a little. I, I think you got upset with me saying crony capitalism, or we had some. I don't remember the full scale of the argument, but to me, it is because you know we have we have the uh, big pharma lobby, we have the uh, you know big airline lobby, we have you know the 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 uh, military industrial complex lobby. I mean, this we have these people lobby the government for favors. Um, there's a reason why they really like the Democrats because the Democrats are, are in, in the business of, uh, helping out their homies. Right. And, and the Republicans are too. I'm not saying they're not. It's just the the Democrats are way more open about it. It's more of a secret in the Republican party. Um, Mm. but they, so, so, I mean, how, how can you say that, you know, businesses that do this kind of stuff, especially corporations, especially corporations, Mm -hmm. especially people like, you know, United airlines and, and American airlines and, um, you know, uh, these big pharma companies that can, uh, take an orphan drug and drive up the prices and get a 10 year patent on it. I mean, it, right. do you think that this is really a free market or do you think this is crony capitalism? Do you think that our government is in bed with corporations, which in my opinion is, is even more than crony capitalism. It's fascism. It, it is the merger of state and corporate power, right? That's what Mussolini who coined the term said. It's the merger of state and corporate power. We're nationalizing industry. We're getting them to do our bidding for us, right? We're telling them you cannot operate in this country without following these t- degree decrees from the podium. Um, but we also have, you know, these corporations that are going to go along with whatever the government says, because that's their bread and butter. They're the ones that protect them from having competition in the market, right. you know. Um, but now we have these smaller businesses, too, that have been locked out of their business for a year. OK, or more, you know, probably way more than that. Uh, it When they did get to open, a lot of the restauranteurs could only have 50 percent capacity or they can only do takeout. You know, they've been threatened with their livelihoods for years and now they're like okay the only way you can reopen your your livelihood that feeds your children and feeds your family and takes care of your whatever is if you follow exactly what we tell you to do i mean is that the free market do you think that's the free market there's a couple things there so first off damn near any top-down mandate is going to be bad especially for a community because if it comes from the top down that means it's coming from out somewhere outside of your community outside your region for the most part um two i used to actually damn near exclusively say crony capitalism it wasn't until i started like reading anarchist theory and getting into more into anarchism that i started saying anti-capitalist and just calling it capitalism the reason being is the divide that people have between crony capitalism and capitalism is that people that call it crony capitalism believe that there's a point that you can have with this ideology uh where it doesn't become crony capitalism like they think that there's a way to handle it, like in um, like in capitalists or anarcho-capitalists, um, they uh, believe that there's a point where you can have this sort of setup without a government and probably without corporatism as well, because corporates, you know, uh, corporations need a government to exist in a way um, that you can have everything be, still be cool, right? And the people on the other side that would just call it capitalism and say they're anti-capitalists, they believe that. What they're um, talking about, um, the private, the constant um, or the allowance of the private ownership of land uh, and resources to uh, almost unlimited degree will lead back to crony capitalism. Um, Hence the need for socialism um, to sort of provide the barriers for that. 
The third thing is that to me, uh, we are all compromised by the state the moment we are born. When we are born into the United States, we are compromised by the state. By that, I mean we play by the state's rules. Um, they they have already pre-enforced many of their laws and their mandates, many, if not all of which we did not agree to. Um, so if you intend to continue surviving in this world, the state has compromised us with their power and their resources um, and, and everything else they've done um, to force us to act in their favor. And that's also why you see um, such um, such an issue with getting a libertarian is giving a libertarian coalition or anti-government coalition uh, to work because the people in the state, the people that make these decisions, they're not dumb. They've been working. They uh, people have been working at uh, manipulating the citizens, the populace, brainwashing people, um, doing secret operations, things like that. They've been doing this for centuries, if not, you know, I say centuries. You could probably, you know, reasonably find it for decades, nonetheless. But because we're all compromised by the state, we're all making various decisions that wouldn't be made in a free market. Oh, sure. Well, so I, I, let's get back to this, this capitalism thing, because you, you, you bring up capitalism and you say that, you know, capitalists think that capitalism can exist without the state, but that's not true. Anarcho-capitalists believe that, that capitalism can survive without the state. And look, dude, I'm not, I, you know, I use the term anarcho-capitalist. Obviously, I'm a Murray Rothbard guy. I've, I've really hopped on some Hoppa lately, uh, but I, I, you know, I love David Friedman. I love, I love a lot of these people that have, have really tailored the anarcho-capitalist philosophy. That's my bread and butter. That's where I've been for a long time. Uh, but I've read, I've read everything under the sun, including uh, Proudhon and, and uh, Bakunin and, and Kropotkin and Marx and Engels. And I've read this all, right? Um, but, but so, so you talk a little bit about capitalism uh, and how it's not uh, – it can't survive without a state. I disagree. I think that in, in anarchy, uh, free and fair trade is is what capitalism is going to be. Uh, and as John John uh, Chow or John Howe in the uh, in the chat, thanks for the five dollars super chat. He said corporations are government entities. The only free market is the black market. I agree with that. I believe that the only free market is the black market, right? Um, and so when I think capitalism, that's what I think of. That's what I think capitalism is: is the black market. I mean, in this country, it's the only place, in my opinion, that laissez faire capitalism exists but then on the other hand you bring up why we need socialism right which i think cannot 100 percent cannot uh, uh exist without a government whatsoever i think that at some point uh when you have this this uh you know you, you get down far enough down the representative democracy uh uh rabbit hole or the direct democracy or whatever it is that you know everybody's always talking about different kinds of democracies but once you get there you're going to eventually build a government i mean that's what's going to happen in my opinion that's one of the reasons why i'm such an anti-socialist because i am at heart an anarchist and i do at heart believe that i want to see an entire abolished uh, government but that's i know that that's probably likely not to happen in my life but the more we can move the uh the overton window the better like you know like uh, uh michael malice being on glenn beck today that's a huge overton window shift that's huge i mean really big time because he is an anarchist and he's on glenn beck on the blaze talking about how we need to roll back the state you know what i mean but do you really i mean do you really believe that it, it, capitalism because because if you believe capitalism cannot ex cannot exist without a state I have to say that I disagree with you and that we are uh, probably using different definitions of capitalism. So what, what does it mean to you, man? 
So I wasn't saying that capitalism can't exist without a state oh, okay. because anarcho-capitalists are attempting to use capitalism without a state. That's kind of in the name, right? Uh, I was saying that the difference is that the anarcho-capitalist believes that you can form a capitalist ideology and you can use a capitalist ideology without a state and it will not lead to crony capitalism. Whereas a maybe a socialist anarchist would say that the that ideology of capitalism always leads to crony capitalism eventually or leads to something similar enough to it to where they wouldn't want that um as far as socialism existing or having to exist with a state you know that's not true because you know the original anarchists were socialists uh you could do socialist practices i mean so right now the united states has socialist policies of course like the fire department in the library right um you can whoa 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 buddy i think there's there's way worse socialist programs in this country than that let's be honest Oh, I wasn't. I was. I, so you're the one that thinks socialism bad. I don't think so, but I'm just saying that these are two socialist examples in the United States. Just if you were just going to pick two that people can't even argue about, the fire department and the library, two socialist things. And to say that socialism can't exist without a government is confusing to me because government is simply people acting. Government is simply people believing in a system. The system doesn't actually exist uh, beyond us simply believing that it exists and our participation within it. Um, we can form any system we want just with people working together. That is the root of anarchy. Let me let me rephrase. I don't think that socialism can ex- uh, exist on a scale as big as uh, a country without a state. Um, do I think that, you know, small communes can exist and be perfectly fine and we have worker co-ops and all that stuff. Absolutely. I do believe that that can exist, but on a scale, the size of, especially the U S but I mean, even, even some of these countries in, uh, in the Norwegian countries and, and Denmark and stuff like that, that, that socialist model is in my opinion, going, going to fail. Um, and it, and that is to me what socialism has become. It is always proven to to move to a democracy they start to take more power from the people uh in in promise of stuff you know what i mean and and, and you know this is something that ancaps get uh beat over the head constantly with um uh especially online is that you know the these uh these these the socialism isn't just the government doing things well that's what it's become Right. The modern era well, you know, of socialism. Right. I mean, can you name any modern socialist uh, states or countries that uh, are not completely uh, 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 legislated? I mean, I can't think of any. I mean, you know, that like Denmark and Norway and all those, those are capitalist countries. You know uh, well, yes and no. I mean, they definitely have some free market vibes, right? But I mean, when you when you really get to the bottom of it, the well, the, the the paid for school, the the paid for health care. I mean, all that money's coming from somewhere, and we know that the tax rate there is extremely high. I mean, that's not a free market. That's not a free market. That's not how the free market. At works. the at the and end of the that. day, at the end of the day. Nearly every major country is a mixed economy at this point. That's just how it is. There's no, there's really no pure capitalist countries. There's really no pure socialist countries sure. at this point in time. Sure. That's just how it is. I agree. I so agree. So that's with why, you. that's, that's why when we think about, we got to remember capitalism, social, socialism, right? Or socialist. It just has to be of those ideologies, right? Just like you were just trying to make the argument that despite Denmark and what you have you having capitalist part uh, policies 
that the socialist policies that they have, which are there, just like they're here in the United States, outweigh those. But the reality is they're a mixed economy. They're not socialist nor capitalist. Not fully, not purely. Sure. And nowhere is, right? Yeah. No, and so, but we're not when I talk about socialism, so there's there's state socialism, there's anarcho socialism. You can say that there are a couple um, I guess state socialist uh, places, depending on where your meter, because again, it's all mixed. So depending on where your meter is, deciding on what makes something you're going to call it capitalist, what makes something uh, socialist, it really depends on that. Because like I said, the like the leaders in Denmark, they say they're capitalists. Um, people say that China is capitalist. As you know, some people say China is communist. It's but they but they have they have both. I mean, they're policies. communists. They're communists, in my opinion. I mean, they the government no, not. The, the government there uh, literally controls every single aspect of every single human's life in that country. I mean, there's no way whatsoever at all. Capitalism. Well, communism is stateless. No, it's not. It's not. It, ne- it, 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 it literally never has been. It's look, if look, if if you constantly talk about how the, the workers revolution is supposed to become one thing, but always becomes another thing. It's like building a bridge, right? You're building the bridge. You get halfway through the bridge and every single time it fucking fails, right? You're building the bridge wrong. It's not, it's not about what it's supposed to be. I mean, it's, you know, there is, there is no version of communism that has ever been completely state stateless. I mean, almost none, almost zero. And, and, and every single version of communism, especially in the 20th century has killed millions of people, millions of people. It is, it has become a completely centralized fucking mess because all the power is given to, to the people, but really through the people who, who started the revolution. Right. So, so, I mean, you can't really, you can't really tell me that, that, you know, Marxism, especially, uh, is is stateless because it just it's just not ever been Let, the case. Let's go back to your let's go back to your example about the bridge, right? I give you my schematics for a bridge, right? You get about two like two fifths of the way through the bridge, and you start doing shit that I never put in the plan. Or maybe it's not you. Maybe other people that are also working on a bridge begin to make their own little changes to the bridge, right? They get done with it, and they say they show me the bridge, and they say, well, this is what you wanted. This is what you, this is the bridge that you built. Am I not right to say that's not at all what I said it was? Is that, am I not, am I wrong to say this is not the bridge because y'all didn't do what I said to do to build this thing? Correct. And here's why I say this. Okay. So what do they call the building blocks, the communism? I mean, the stepping stone of communism is socialism, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's socialism in the transition to communism. Right. And so every time we hit socialism, some massive fucking state apparatus takes control and kills its own people. I mean, this is this is what this is exactly what I'm talking about. And we see it all over the country, right? I mean, all over the world, right? You know, North Korea, China, uh, Venezuela, Cuba. I mean, there is so many examples of okay, we're gonna try communism. We're gonna start with this socialism, and now everyone's fucking dead. I mean, there's so many examples of this. At what point Are do you, you say? To- at what point do you say? Honest, honestly, at what point do you say that? Like, okay, it's not. Maybe it's not uh, the way it's applied. It's just the fucking ideology itself. I mean, at what point do you say that? 
think about this. You said every time communism is started, a state apparatus takes control. Are you, you're an anarchist, right? Are you really about to blame those that would seek power and use state power for their own ends uh, to corrupt an ideology? Uh, you know, for example, like libertarianism, uh, just for an example. Are you really going to say that that state apparatus and those actors that work for the state acting on that ideology truly corrupt it and truly change it from what, what it state is. actors that worked on libertarian philosophy i'd like to i'd like to know honestly which well, ones. i i personally believe that um all oh, let me stop i personally believe that most republicans that say they are libertarians are cowards so i feel like people that are republicans or work with republicans to bring libertarian-minded people into that party are working with the state because, as we know, the GOP is part of the duopoly and part of the state. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about the people that, that built philosophy. So, like, so like we know that Karl Marx created Marxism, right? And other people have written about it, mm. but, I mean, this is this is the bare-bones uh, example of, of uh, mm. uh, uh, you know, of the philosophy. It was it started by Marxism. You know, we have people like Kropotkin, too, who made it anarcho-communism. But, but I mean, the, the bare-bones has always been this Marxism. And you even, you know, it, you see it in the anarcho-communists, too, in this country, right, that are running around with their black and yellow flags, talking about how, you know, they want a stateless society, but at the same time, they're banging the drum for Joe Biden or, uh, you you know, these mandates or, or uh, you know, uh, destroying small businesses in, in lieu of, of, of propping up these fucking corporations that are, are just going along to get along with the with the with the the the, the, the government. Sorry, I'm re I got really stoned tonight, by the way, uh, had a rough day. So uh, if, and it's like it's like. Um, you know, at what point do you say, look, even these anarcho-communists over here who are supposed to be subscribing to uh, Kropotkin and his workers' revolution that uh, it results in a, a you know stateless society and, and stateless communism are even getting wrapped up and involved in this in this state tyranny, hoping that it's going to get them the, the the country that they want. I mean, at, at what point do you do you kind of say, you know, maybe every communist uh, eventually gets to this state communism pipeline? Well, number one, I would push back on saying that Karl Marx was like the bare bones of socialism, you know. Um, and socialism Marxism. predates Karl. Oh, communism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marxism. Not so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Marxism. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of socialists prior to Marx, for sure. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, exactly. 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 So, um, so number one, I would say that knowing, and you can't always look at the internet. The internet, uh, the state, the media, you can't ever look at that to really get, you know, usable information. You can get usable information by meeting real people and talking to them, things like that. So when you talk to anarchists that are truly anti-authoritarian, um, you know, and communists and things like that, those are things that would make you believe that. But second of all, you can design, you personally, you can design a system and it may be the greatest system on earth. But if the users misuse your system or do not follow the directions of the system or just don't even read the instructions on how to use it, then the system is useless. The system is only as good as the people that follow it. And humans are flawed and, and things corrupt and they're complicated people. They're often hypocritical. I'm never going to say that someone that it's not, you know, that's like saying someone that's not. A quote unquote pure libertarian has no place in libertarian movement 
if you agree with, you know, I think Larry Sharp said about 70% of the issues. If you agree with that, then we, you know, electorally. It's the 80-20 rule. Is it 80-20? 80-20 rule. Okay. I think I, I think when I saw that, I was like, mm, I think more like 70 is good. I think 80 is pushing it. So I think I might just switch that in my mind. For me, it's always um, been about what that other 20 or 30 percent is. I mean, if it's you support American imperialism, fuck off. You know, mm, if you yeah. if you support, uh, you know, if you support locking people in rape cages for victimless, victimless crimes or drug crimes, especially especially weed crimes. Uh, if, if you if you support locking people in cages for weed uh, while fat, rich white men on the West Coast are getting paid millions to do it legally, I, I can't. I can't rock with you, man. You know what I mean? If you support, if you support gun legislation, I can't rock with you. I mean, you know, there are, there are things in that 20 to 30% that even if it's 5%, uh, I probably can't work with you. Um, but I've, I've made it, I've made it a very, very clear that I'll work with anybody who wants to roll the state back in any area, as long as they're not, they're not advocating actively to add more state in another area. That's basically been by my rule. You know what I mean? Right. For me, I feel like the, just the things that would be included in my 70%, it would kind of exclude a lot of those things. And I feel like most libertarians are probably that way. Or if you're libertarian-minded, you're probably that way. Sure. Yeah, and, and you know, and this is this is something that I've I've talked with uh, a couple of my friends behind the scenes about, and and even said it personally to you and said on my show last night, like, I, I feel like you and I agree with, on a lot of stuff. And I think... I think yeah, I think that some of our our arguments are semantics over words uh, and our definitions of those words, um, and then there's some things that I've just downright I can't agree with you on no matter what. I mean, you know, uh, some some of the arguments about um, uh, the vax that I've seen you make and stuff like that, I just can't. I can't. You know what I mean? Um, but that's not a reason why I can't work with you either. If you're not if you're not actively calling for um, if you're not actively calling for these mandates and supporting these mandates and you're not actively saying that we need to be involved in wars and, and, you know, the drug war and, and, and calling it, you know, all my libertarian friends, domestic terrorists, then, you know, I don't see no reason why we shouldn't work together. But, but so, so explain it to me, you support, you support free markets, right? Mm, right. So, I mean, is it just the term capitalism that you have a problem with? I mean, what is your, what does your market system look like, man? It's not really like the term capitalism is, is to me, is the ideology. I'm a, I'm a real like, so if you're an anarchist, you probably for the most part have like individualist streaks in you. So I, I feel like most of this change starts from within and from the individual. Um, so just having the ideology that you are able to go and purchase or own everything that you see to me is, is an issue, right? Um, so my, my market would probably have, um, you know, communities, um, workers, organizations, things like that um, work together, right? So you would see more co-ops. Um, you probably see um, community land value trust where, you know, a community comes together um, purchases or, you know, stays on some land and they build up from there. You see more mutual aid networks, um, you know, instead of kind of like the government solutions, um, you know, I guess of their, their version of charity, you would see mutual aid sort of take the, um, the place of that you see more credit unions you see, um, you know, zero interest community banks and things of that nature. Um, things where, you know, the community, the region itself and people in general uh, realize that, you know, they're kind of they just kind of have themselves 
uh, and they have to work with each other in order to get things because uh, I think the government being around puts a handicap on a lot of people. It makes people use it as a crutch in a lot of ways and they they call upon the government. Without the government, not you would kind of be forced to see that really in reality, you can just work with your neighbor or someone not even like you, uh, someone around you to get things accomplished and it would be much more efficient than using the government. Sure. So, I mean, what what kind of things would you keep out of your market? You know what I mean? That's what I want to know. Are you, are you, cause you said, you, oh, you well, know, I mean, yeah. what, what, especially reviews on property. I mean, that's, you know, yeah, exactly. Part of the mutualist ideology is like occupancy use. Um, so that would be something where, and, uh, I'm me, myself, I also kind of incorporate, I'm willing to incorporate like some Georgism into my ideology. Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts that's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over um how do you do that without uh, a state well you can have either one um a minarchy which i said i'm open to uh, I'm, I'm having, I haven't completely. Well, and, drawn and that just out. to, just to clear it up for people who might be watching uh, Georgism, I mean, we're talking about a land value tax, right? Yeah. 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 Land yeah. value tax. Yeah. Um, so you would either implement occupancy use, um, without a state. The, so every time you're thinking about what's going, you know, how are you going to do that without a state? And you're talking about anarchy, the citizens do it. The population does it. Um, the population handles the regulations. The population handles what goes on. So what if I don't? What if I don't of, pay my land value tax? Uh, it depends. You know, if you're in a city and they have these rules, then that city will deal with you in whatever way. Yeah, because because I mean, then we're just talking about the state at that point, aren't we? I mean, really, if if you're gonna, I mean, if if you're gonna tell me, hey, you you bought this piece of land, but now you're gonna pay the community for this piece of land. Right. That I've, I've, uh, you know, mixing my labor with the earth growing, I don't know, fucking tomatoes or whatever it is I want to grow. I built a farm. Uh, you know, I've got some animals. My family's living there. Um, and now we're talking about a land value tax and you're talking about occupancy and use. I know that that's a different thing mm -hmm. too. You know, that's, we're talking about we're we start getting into beach homes and, and vacation homes and shit when we talk about occupancy and use and, and furthermore into, you know, talking about, uh, uh large swaths of land as well. But I mean, don't you think if there's a if there's a community that's enforcing these things, right? Uh, a tax. Mm. I mean, telling you you have to pay a tax uh, for the land that you right. bought. Um, at what point is that a state again? I mean, I mean, honestly, because this is this is something that that we you know Hoppians especially uh, get a lot when they talk about their uh, their their uh, um, covenant community. Because really, that's what you're talking about right now. You're talking about a covenant community that imposes its own will. Uh, as a community on the people that live there and you have to follow those rules. That's a covenant community. You're a fucking hoppian, dude. <laughs> pure anarch well, well, pure anarchism with no governance whatsoever, that's merely a transition state. Most forms of anarchism will take on a system. Uh, Anarcho-capitalism, anarcho-communism, mutualism, uh, syndicalism, things like that nature, right? When 
if you have anarchy, you have people living on their own, you will have people form systems. That's why we have the different flavors of anarchy. Covenant communities. If I don't, I don't really care what a lot of these, like a lot of these people have like taken these terms and like assigned their own meaning to it and being like, yeah, that's what that is. Uh, as far as I know, uh, anarchy is just about being able to shape your future the way you want. So if you want to call um, both anarcho-socialism anarcho and Kapistan uh, and, and, you know, whatever mutualistopia, you want to call those covenant communities, whatever. I mean, have you have Fine. you read have you read uh, have you read Hoppe? Have you ever put put, put your eyes <laughs> to the Hoppe books, man? I you know when I was in Revolution, <laughs> I actually picked up a, a like a book that he did on like social democracy as a joke. Oh, sure. I didn't read it. I was like, I just like, yo, he probably has like some of the wildest fucking views. Cause I, you know, I used to be a social Democrat. So sure. I feel like he probably has like the wildest fucking views on it. I haven't read it though. I I've would, seen some of the stuff. I, he does I would honestly love to see what happens shit. if you read, uh, 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 sorry, democracy, the God that felt, I would seriously like to know your thoughts on that book. <laughs> I would, I really would. Doesn't he, um, isn't Hopper like one of them, one of them people that's like private borders not open borders sure sure yeah for your for your communities yeah. right your covenant communities which is what you're talking about i mean look at if 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 we he, well he talks about it for the nation does he not well yeah he gets into he, it a little bit different but i'm, I'm talking see, about I'm not, I'm not but he's also that. advocating border, he's man. also advocating for for uh re completely removing the state i mean if you if you really get into the heart of of hoppa i mean he's an anarcho-capitalist but he's just got some different interesting ways about how to get to a society like that including you know if you start an anarcho-capitalist community you're going to have to remove people that are undesirable for your community uh and so you know if if that was uh if that was something that i was dealing with in in my georgist uh, community where it was like, hey, this dude's not paying the fucking land value tax. He's got his music up all night. He's bothering everybody. You know what I mean? Like, at what point can we remove that person from the community? Do do people think like police won't exist in anarchy? Well, no, no, no. And I'm not one of those people. I understand. I understand that that will. <laughs> well, look and look. I, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying. I think that in a national divorce, which I am an advocate for, I think we should. You know, break this country up. It is a. It, it is very clear that we cannot coexist anymore. Those coexist stickers never worked. You know what I'm saying? But uh, so so here, you know, in that in that situation, I 100% think that we're gonna have uh, uh, multiple different kinds of societies, right? I think we're gonna have panarchy uh, all over the place. I think that's what it's going to be. I think there's going to be a mutualist society. I think there's going to be a socialist society. I think there'll be some uh, seasteading and 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 people that live out in the woods by themselves and stay the fuck away from everybody. I think that's what would happen the in the federalism. Yeah, I mean, not even. I mean, I'm just talking about straight panarchy, dude. Okay, there's going to be there's going to be some community communities that vote and and start their own fucking democracy in their little community. You as a as a mutualist, you're living in a mutualist, uh, you know, uh, community. You know, it's got thousand five hundred people in it. Uh, you guys all work together. You trade with each other. You know, you're mm -hmm. you're you're farming together. You're because this is what it's going to take when you get rid of the state. And, and this happens. I mean, you're going to have to do a lot more for yourself. I don't think a lot of people understand mm. that. I think a lot of anarchists oh, yeah. would be fucking dead in the water if we actually got to anarchy. I really do. I believe that. I think that those anarchists will end up getting into uh, communities that are going to make them uh, have things again. But I mean, are you going to trade? Are you going to trade with a capitalist society that you know is eight miles away? I mean, and and then consider yourself still a mutualist. I mean, how does that work for you, man? Oh. 
Well, well, first of all, I feel like in order to get to anarcho, well, in order to get to anarchy with the least amount of damage and death, we have to transition to anarchy first, which is why I haven't thrown anarchy out. And I also think that in lieu of a national divorce, anarchy could work. It would probably look a little bit like that. It would probably look a little bit like a federalism or what you're suggesting as a national divorce. Um, but I mean, I'm like a you know mutualist, believe in the free market. So if a capitalist wants to trade and I want something, then why would I not trade with him? I just don't agree with his ideology. And I don't want to live, I guess, where a bunch of other people with that ideology might live and rule. Sure. Sure. I get it, man. Uh, Magoo, thanks for the $5 super chat. He, he said, what do you think a union-led economy would look like, and how would it be any different than cronyism? anarcho glue. Yeah. I mean, it's probably like a syndicate. It would be like it would be like so syndicate. So syndicalism is like worker organizations um, dictating like labor regulations, um, pay things of that nature. And you want to know how it would be different from what? Uh, from from a capitalist society. Let me see. Sorry, uh, different than cronyism. Oh yeah, I mean, so if you have competing unions, that's good, right? That means that there is competition. Um, you can have, and obviously, if you have unions, there's probably still going to be private workers as well. That creates more competition. Uh, that makes it so that neither side gets too more too powerful. The only reason that the United States is the way it is now is because of things like rights to work uh, and other labor laws, and you know, uh, misinformation campaigns about unions and things of that nature. Uh, most of the the other countries that are like above us and like most like happiness or like education or like science, like they're pretty union laden. Um, I want to, I want to be clear though. All of those countries, all of those countries, uh, destroy us, absolutely destroy us in antidepressant meds. In case you're wondering. They destroy us, destroy us per capita for people that are on antidepressants. Yeah. It's, it's fucking, if you look it up, it's horrendous. How many people are on antidepressants in those countries? Well, maybe, maybe more people in America need to be on our mental health system and our, our like medical system is kind of shit. Hey man, every mass shooter in this country for like the last decade has been on a ton of them, man. So yeah, let's get, let's get everybody on them. It's a great fucking idea. uh, Maybe not antidepressants, but our mental health can use the word. We're in we're in no position to talk about another country's uh, mental health resources. And I'm just saying, don't you think? Don't you think in a don't you think in a country that is said, said to be highest in quality of living that's actually has like a large portion of their country is on antidepressants? Don't you think that in this country where people are actually happy without antidepressants uh, on a much larger scale? Do you think people are happy here? You I think, think there's a lot of people are happy in the. I mean, you know, not, not in the last eighteen months, but prior to the last eighteen months, I think there's <laughs> a lot. I think I think we have a lot more happy people than than uh, we get credit for, man. And I think we have a lot a lot of really thing, uh, good things to be happy about. And I think, you know, one of those things for me is the fact that you can move state to state and kind of get away from some of this tyranny if you can, if you need to. Um, you know, and there, there's reasons to be happy here. We're, you know, we're uh, uh, one of the countries that uh, pulled tons of people out of poverty, uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying that the policies that got us there were great or, or you know, but I mean, if you look around, if you look around the world, I mean, we're doing... We're doing pretty good compared to a lot of people as far as, you know, uh, people that, that can, um, you know, go to school, make money. Uh, you know, there's there's large portions of this, this world that, that uh, you know, nobody goes to school. Nobody can make money. Nobody can eat. The problem you know, so. is the cost. 
the problem is what we've taken, well, what the state has taken and what they've done to achieve this level of life that we have here. That's the issue. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Let's uh let's get some you more know, the of these. Im- the imperialism. Well, yeah, and don't get me wrong, dude. Look, look, you and I probably oh sorry, I don't know why I did this. Uh you and I <laughs> you and I likely uh really really agree on american imperialism like really 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 right. fucking strongly agree i think you know uh i can't think of a war definitely not in my lifetime has there been a war that was uh worth a shit uh that came out of the u.s i think we're on a conquering mission uh we just call it uh for safety um and i and so we probably agree there and uh but you know right. we're talking about america here uh and uh there hasn't been any american imperialism in america uh, there was British imperialism in America. Uh, and, oh, oh uh, what, do you, what do you call what they did to black people? Sure. Oh, yeah, sure. I guess I guess if you want to talk. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about that and the government did facilitate all of that. Yes. Right. Um, yes. And the government, it, I guess the United could, States of America. Yeah, and I guess I guess you We're could, just the people I guess that you, live here. I guess you could call that imperialism, too. I never I never really equate that with imperialism. You know, it's not really. uh it's not like we were conquering another country, right? You know what I mean? Trying to bring democracy to another country. So it's, you know. Well, imperialism can be stealing resources, taking resources for your own. It can be destabilizing another country. It can be destabilizing a region. Uh, imperialism to me is just the state acting upon another state or another region uh, using its power in a way that they don't want. Okay, so would you would you consider? I mean, at that point, you got to start really considering this medical tyranny at some point, imperialism too. Then, right? What do you mean by medical tyranny? Huh? I mean the medical tyranny. Like, what do you mean? I mean the medical tyranny that we're seeing today with this these mandates on on vaccines and forced segregation. I mean, you have to look at that at some point and say that that's American imperialism too. Is that is that not them? I mean, uh, you know, extending their power and influence on on the country. If it comes from a private, if it comes from a private source, to me, it's but it hasn't. It It never has a top down source. And I think that's why. Well, hold on. Like for example, the Nets, like the GM of the Nets said that Kyrie Irving can't practice in their facility. None of that. Came about until Joe Biden made his decree. None of the the NBA forced vaccines uh, came apart. Came apart. Uh, 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 came by way of the free market. I mean, it all came from Joe Biden saying, "Hey, if you have over a hundred employees, you need to take this vaccine." I don't think Adam Silver had something to do with that. No, the NBA had nothing to. It, Adam, it, Adam Adam Silver. The was NBA was not even the talking. The NBA was not even talking about this. These mandate issues uh, or, or forcing their players to get uh, vaccines until Joe Biden made the decree. I mean, none of the pro sports were because they know they have to know that there's people, big names. You know, especially in the NBA, especially at this point. I mean, I feel like more NBA players have stepped up and spoke out against this shit than any other pro sport. Several in football, I think Kirk Cousins had done something really great there. Um, and Cole Beasley, obviously. But in the NBA, we, so we're, we're seeing Adam a lot Silver of was Adam Silver was just doing an interview talking about how he wanted vaccine mandates, but the NBA Players Union stopped it. Right. Now, the NBA Players Union votes before the season starts but wait but wait but wait and during, but wait and but i just want what to say, i'm saying is when is, they did the bubble when they did the bubble they were talking about uh vaccine mandates okay maybe they were talking about it were, but there was no way without a decree from the government that they were ever going to put force it on their players because they know they have to know that there's going to be people that they're going to lose i mean big names big draws that help keep people attached to the nba and at the end of the day it's all about the fucking profit 
right? For these teams, for for the National ba- Basketball Association. I mean, it's it's all about and and we're back to talking about fucking basketball. Listen, I had Andrew Bogan on last night. I shouldn't be talking to me. <laughs> I saw it. I watched. I watched uh, it, yeah. But but so you know, there's no way they're going to want to enforce something that's going to make some of their star players, i.e., fucking Kyrie Irving, who's one of the biggest names in basketball. Okay, they know they're going to lose that draw. They don't want to enforce that. But once they have the government helping them to mandate it, then they know they can get away with it. And and a lot did of players. Did you know that Kyrie Irving? Did you know Kyrie Irving was vehemently against? Playing in the bubble last year, and they still push it through. Well, they didn't push it through. Here's the thing: you're saying they won't force it on the players. No, they won't force it because the NBA has a players' union. They can't force anything on the players. They have to go through the union. But sure, Kyrie they can with the government's was, help. They can. Oh, absolutely, with the government's help, they can. I don't think the government would mess with the. I mean, they they can, yeah, but I mean, they did. They did. Like they the did. They told. They the told NBA. every single business, every single business entity that if they had over a hundred employer employees. They have to f- mandate vaccines for their employees. Now, the the OSHA is not enforcing this yet, but it is I mean, it is an order by our fucking commander in chief. Now, that's for federal employees, though, right? No, that's what I said the NBA. No, 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 no. It was initially for federal employees, and then they put it out for all employers in the country with over a hundred employees, all, everyone. So now at this point, you got 112 employees, you're firing, a lot, you're, you know, you're firing 13 people. I almost did really bad math there. Uh, you know, or you're mandating that all of your employees get vaccines. People are walking out all over the place. Nurses, doctors, uh, lawyers. I mean, we're talking, uh, look, uh, a friend of mine owns his own sales business, but he sells J&J products, okay? They, they, told him, they told him he couldn't own his own business anymore unless he got the vaccine, dog. Like this is legit. This is really happening all across the country. It's no J&J longer. J and J told him that. J and J told him that he can no longer it's sell their, their product. They can do that though, right? It's his fucking business. Shit. Are you kidding me? Are you saying you're not going to sell he's, to a guy because he doesn't take the vaccine? Their products. Okay. But, I'm not saying it's a good decision. I'm not saying it's a good decision. I'm saying they got the right to make the decision. They couldn't have done that. They could not have done that. They could not have pulled that off without the president and this administration saying, "Hey, this is going to be the mandate." They couldn't have pulled that off. And it, and they never tried. They never tried until until that until that decree came down from the podium, dude. You know what I mean? It's funny you say that because weren't states weren't states mandating this? No. Uh, the state government before no. Joe Biden? No, they, some states yeah, so, some states talked about it. California talked about it. Uh, I know New York definitely talked about it, but no, no, they weren't. And localities too, not just the whole states. Localities mm-hmm. were definitely doing it. I know yeah. that for sure because in Atlanta. Before Joe Biden was elected president, there were talks of lockdowns and mandates and things lockdowns like that. for sure. But the lockdowns, the lockdowns were state mandated. I mean, there was there was a federal guidance uh, to states to lock down to to control the spread of COVID nineteen, but it was never a federal mandate to lock down. It was always a state mandate, and it was state by state. In my state, you know, we were locked down for like a week and a half, and it wasn't ever even a lockdown. It was just like, well, if you don't have to go to work, please don't go to work. But California locked down emergency, I mean, 24 hours. And I left five minutes prior to that lockdown and being enforced. That was a state thing. This vax mandate came directly from the president from, uh, of the federal government uh, of the United States and, and said all, all employees will be uh, uh, checked up on by OSHA. OSHA is going to enforce this now. OSHA, fucking OSHA is going to enforce this Um and any business with 100 employees or more has to mandate that they be vaccinated. 
from the federal But you government. see how you're saying you see how you're saying it wouldn't have happened without Joe Biden. It, it, he sort of pushed it along. Correct. While the reality is that before he was elected president, many states were empowering businesses and things of that nature to do this their very same thing. Not to not enforce vax mandates. That never that was never a thing. Well, do we have a vax mandate currently? Yes, all all employers with a, a hundred employees or more uh, must mandate their vax that that their employees be vaccinated. That affects, but it's not. Oh, that affects, but it's not enforced. That affects two hundred two hundred million people in the U.S. That's a third, two thirds of the people in the U.S. It affects. Is this a is this a law? By the way, no, not. I mean, yes and no. It's an executive order, and it's a mandate. So you can ignore it, and OSHA is going to enforce it. So you can't enforce. He you can't, can't even enforce. do that. You you can't even make executive orders like that. You can't even do that. Okay. It's so it's like he's not really empowering anybody, right? He's 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 saying it. So that's like Donald. That's like saying Donald Trump. Did you see what like, the fine is going to be for the businesses that don't don't enforce it? I mean, we're talking seven seven no, seven thousand dollars a day for businesses that don't enforce it. I mean, no, that, but how many other fines do these businesses go through from not um, following state mandates? None. That, none, besides that? none for seven. I mean, can you imagine you're a small, uh, uh, family-owned business that ha- happens to have 104 employees, and you uh, you tell them no, and you're getting fined seven thousand dollars a day? Do you think a business can exist uh, losing seven thousand dollars a day? Even a business with 100 employer employees. Um, a business may or may not be able to exist with that money, right? But the key is, is that one, this came from the state, not necessarily Joe Biden, um, especially because it's an executive order that's not really being enforced. But two, like those same restaurants face many other state mandates that they have to go or regional or locality uh, mandates that they have to adhere to or else they'll get fined. Uh, case in point, uh, one of my favorite vegan, um, it's like a vegan food truck circle in Atlanta, uh, is facing fines from the Atlanta city government because they need to adhere to new food standards that they've enforced. This is without Joe Biden. This is just them acting. Right. Well, and I'm not, I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying that no businesses ever would have done this. Uh, but the amount of businesses that are now going to be forced to do it is way more than the amount of businesses that would have done it without being forced to do it. Way more. I mean, it's, it's not even it's not even a comparable number because we know that profit motive is very important to businesses. You know, they don't want to cut out. You know, look, I, I'm I know I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but I I I think uh, we're being lied to when we're being told that only like 70 million people in this country haven't been vaccinated. I'm more than sure that that number is much, much higher. Uh, and businesses don't want to lose that business. They know that it's 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 going to be hard on their business to lose a third of their business. Let's say a third, okay? That's not how businesses work in this country. And we've seen it in states like Florida. Okay, I just went to Florida. I was just there for eight days. Went to Disney World. The only business in the whole state that is requiring indoor masks is Disney World. The only one. Everywhere else we went, nobody gave a shit. Universal Studios recommended it. Didn't care if you did it or not. We didn't wear a mask the entire day at Universal Studios. It was great. But every other business we went to, everywhere we went to, we went to eat at Hard Rock Cafe. We'd, everywhere we went to, they didn't care about masks. But as soon as you walked into Disney World, anytime you were inside of a building, you had to, you had to wear a mask. So we, we see it on, the scale, on that scale in Florida. 
Like these businesses aren't going to enforce that shit if they don't have to because they don't want to lose business. You know what I mean? Mm. Disney can get away with it. They're a fucking multi-billion dollar international conglomerate. I mean, it's insane, right? They can get away with it. They know they can get away with it. So they're going to they're gonna do it for their little virtue. It's not helping nobody. They, look, look, we had to reserve our park days and it was record lines. They're not saving anybody. I mean, if, if we're going to get mean, COVID, again, we're going to get COVID there. I disagree. Again, I disagree with top-down mandates. Number one. Sure. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's number, a good thing. Yeah. So yeah. so if it so if it came from the state, I, I don't really agree with it. But two, um, you know that's fine. You know if people. Uh, so you gotta understand. Number one, I didn't really agree with most of the COVID restrictions anyway, because the restrictions that most people propose for COVID wouldn't actually stop COVID. Like making some make like having your restaurant run at fifty percent capacity is super arbitrary. Having making it so that people have to wear masks inside the restaurant, but once they sit down at the table, they can take the mask off, arbitrary. Making it so that people can be as close as they want to be to each other, but as long as they sit outside, none of these things are actually things that are going to mitigate COVID. It kind of sounds like someone had like a, a semi-good idea to try to mitigate COVID. Like, oh, let's just reduce all the entry to the hot spots that people go to but it didn't really fully think through, you know, whether people would follow those mandates because people didn't uh, or whether that would actually help. Right. Um, so, you know, that's cool. Like, like I said, like, I feel like the free market is kind of going to decide that. And I also again, don't think that policy is going to help us at all with COVID. The only thing that's going to help with COVID is science. Yeah. But who knows what the fuck science is anymore, sir? <laughs> I mean, it's become such a convoluted term in this country at this point, dude. It's like, holy shit. Every, I mean, you can, you can literally Google anything you want about COVID and you'll find five articles and then five more articles on the same page that completely, uh, uh, go in direct disregard to whatever the first five articles you read were. So I mean, you know where they fucking up at real researchers don't use Google to do their research, I'm especially just, on listen, medical issues. Listen, listen, the uh, 95% of us aren't real researchers, but we expect to try and, you know, people are going to research things. They're going to try to ask questions. They're yeah. going to try to figure things out. Nobody wants to be dealing with the shit that's going on in this country right now. So they want to know, uh, are they safe? Are they not safe? Do you know, is the, is the vac safe? Is it not safe? And, and on one page you can five, you know, 10 different articles that all disagree with each other on what's going on. And they're all, they all got studies linked to them. So it's like, what the fuck even is the science anymore at this point? It's that, like, that, you know. that shows you why you can't just be, if you're trying to do research on something like this, you're like, man, I really want to research the vaccine to find out what's in it and if it's right for me. You can't use Google. That you cannot do real research with listen, just Google. Listen, man, listen. Because like listen, what, you, what you said. Listen, listen. People that are laymen or or even people that know what the fuck they're talking about that aren't, you know, educated or, or any of this thing, they look to studies. That's what they do. They look to studies yeah. to get the information they need to make informed decisions. You can't just tell them, you know, you're not a researcher, so you're fucking dumb. I mean, people need to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. And a lot of people want that want that information. So, you know, they have to research. And usually that research is researching into studies that people have done uh you know and and if and if you can't find uh studies that are find some kind of common consensus which is what we're looking for because there is no fucking common consensus dude on any of this shit mm, right. right yeah yeah for sure and and so that's what we're looking for 
And if you can't find it because everything contradicts each other, then you start looking to these one-off fucking incidences, right? Like, like, listen, like, listen, I mean, we're talking straight up, Hey, my aunt's cousin's boyfriend got it and was fine. And he's fat and has two comorbidities. So I'm going to be fine because I'm not fat and I don't have two comorbidities. Mm. Or on the other side of that, well, I know a perfectly healthy 44-year-old that uh, didn't have any comorbidities that died from COVID. And everyone I know that gets COVID is going to die if you're unvaccinated. That's two sides of people doing their own research because there is no fucking like common consensus on any of this shit. That's really where we're all I at. ask if people do that, all I ask is that you just know what you don't know. If you want to go Google the the recent you know the articles or whatnot, just know that you're not getting the full information because you have you're not actually you you found all these articles that conflict. Just know that you don't know the full information from Google and go with that with that in mind that you don't know everything. True. It's that you could be wrong. That's all I ask. If you want to take it that way, but people still, but people still got to make the best informed decision they can for themselves, and that's really, you know, that's what this big argument is about. Is people are not being able to do that anymore, and uh, that's a scary thought in this country. You know what I mean? That's a scary fucking thought, and I think that's really where we're at. But uh, we're getting to the end of the the live public stream. Um, let me address some of these here. Super chats, uh, top lobster two dollar super chat. Thanks, man. He said great convo, guys. Enjoying this one. Outlaw barber two dollar super chat. He said central banking families funded Lenin's revolution. True, <laughs> true. Uh, let's see. Okay. <laughs> ben Heckman two dollar two dollar super chat. Is crystal healing a human right? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I don't- I don't know much. we're gonna is we're, it a right I don't know. you know i don't believe in a lot of rights are socially constructed actually i don't know if anything is a human right we're just kind of out here in anarchy oh i was gonna i was gonna uh <laughs> we're gonna go do the uh members only stream here in a minute i didn't want this i wanted this right. to, i wanted this to be like a you know a, a a nice discussion i think we've done really well here it hasn't been super uh volatile at all um and, and i didn't sure. want it to get too shit posty but i did want to talk about like chakras and crystals and um, and I also want to talk about uh, uh, the Fagertarians <laughs> a little bit, so I figured we'll do that in the members only stream where we can right. just kind of have fun, anyways. Um, let's cool, see. Cool. Uh, no tax is good tax. Two dollars super chat. He said, "Read from read from aristocracy." Oh, God, I fucked that up, didn't I? <laughs> aristocracy <laughs> to monarchy to democracy. So there you go. Jermaine uh, Vincent, ten dollars super chat. Thanks, man. He said, uh, "Solid conversation." I agree. It's a good conversation. We don't agree on everything, man. We don't, but uh, for sure, man. But uh, I definitely, I definitely see where we do agree, and I think that some of our disagreements are are uh, just over definitions of words that we're using wrong. But uh, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Hey, hey, why don't you tell people where they can follow you, check you out, all that great stuff on uh, Twitter and whatever uh, you else? Can you can find me on. You can find me on Twitter at B Mutualist. Um, that's really it. That's really what I got going on on Twitter, right? All I got to say is that more right libertarians should be like you and accept left libertarians because y'all not going to win shit if you don't. <laughs> well, just just let me uh, let me clarify. <laughs> I don't accept left libertarians, buddy. I I not into my not into my covenant community. We're going to live straight capitalist, but I'll, I'll work with you. I'll work with you to roll back the state if we can. I'm OK with that. Yeah, I just want the votes for the Libertarian Party. After that, we can do what we want. Sure, sure. It's going to. Well, yeah, listen, listen, I'm going to tell you how to get that done. 
Uh, make sure that you're at the <laughs> National Convention in Reno in 2024 to nominate uh, Dave Smith. Oh, boy. And that's how you're going to get the votes, dude. Oh, hell no. I'm nominating Spike Cohen, if anything. Come hey, on. man, I love I love my boy Spike, dude. I'm, I, I, I was friends with Spike. <laughs> Long before he ran for vice president, man. I love that guy to death. I, I, I don't always <laughs> agree cool. with Spike on everything, but man, that motherfucker knows what he's doing. And he's uh he's I mean, he's on Fox like every week now, dude. It's crazy. I think he's the one. I think he's the one to unite. I I really do. I think over Dave Smith, over Justin Amage, I think it's I think it's Spike. Yeah, well I think if you I think if you're getting the uh if you're trying to get the, the votes, I, I think Dave Smith's the way to go, man. So I really do. I think, and I think to, <laughs> to, to, to influence more people to become libertarian, I think it's Dave Smith. That's what I think. But I, I'll take, dude, I'll take, I'll take a Dave Smith, Spike <laughs> Cohen ticket. You know what I mean? Like I'm good with it. That'd I'll be like a compromise. That. That'd be fun, man. I don't even think it'd be a compromise. I think they'd both go fucking hard in the paint, dude. Man, Dave Smith would have to change how he acted just, just a little bit oh, because I'm going to be real. Spike, Spike is more mature than Dave and you, and you know it. Spike at way more mature than Dave. Dave's gonna have to like you, get his act together. You don't know. Bit. You don't He's know Spike on a personal level, bro. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm talking to Spike. We're talking about the, the guy who took his fucking shirt off. Himself. We're talking about a guy who took his fucking shirt off to do an interview as vice presidential candidate uh, in this country. So I'm just saying, dude. I, I don't know what you mean. No, by I think the way Spike carries himself is way different. The Spike carries himself way different than Dave. Uh, the guy was promising free cheesy bread if he won the vice presidential nomination, dude. I'm Man, telling come you, come on now. I'm you, telling you. you. Come, and, and do you want me to list off what David said? Do you want me to list off what David said? I think I think Dave makes really rational <laughs> points and goes on TV and like changes fucking commentators' minds and shit, dude. You know what I mean? I think Spike does too. I don't want to argue about Spike versus Dave. I love them no, both. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> they're both my good friends. I think they're both really they're really great at what they do, and um, I, I'm I'm good with uh, I'm good with a Spike uh, uh, Spike Spike Smith. Uh, ticket or a Smith Spike ticket. I don't care. I'm good with that. I like it. As long as you know they about to run against each other at some point. I know. I know it's coming, dude. I know it's coming. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be an interesting, fun uh, time. But I think it'll be a lot yeah. more respectful than what we saw in 2020 uh, in the Libertarian Party. So that's all. I. That's all I really give a shit about at this point. You know what I mean? Right. But hey, man, thank you so much for coming on, dude. Like seriously, I appreciate it. Uh, I think this was a really productive and rational conversation. Uh, and and I don't think that people expected that. I'm sure people expected me to treat you like John Hudak, uh, but I fucking hate John Hudak and and the Fakertarians. Uh, I don't hate you like that, bro. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't hate you like that at all. Like I literally cannot have, I literally cannot have a a a rational conversation with somebody that I have that much disdain for. Like I just can't. You know what I mean? And that's Y'all why I used to be friends, man. We used like, to be friends, dude. And then he started calling me a Nazi sympathizer and trying to get oh, me yeah. removed. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah, trying yeah. to get me removed from my position on the LNC and he like I'm saying, I know you're in that Facebook group, bro. I know you see how I'm not I'm not, are you not, I'm in, not there? in that group, man. This, I mean this group, this man. motherfucker talks about how he sticks up for me all the time, but I'm telling you, hundreds of posts in there are about me and my fucking family and he's fostered that fucking that 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 group so he can kiss uh, my ass dude. I'll you know say it is. I be talking to people, I'll say it is. It seems like sometimes fakeitarians are like a little too focused on calling people racist sure. or trying to find a day racist. Um now this is just me as a black person that lives in America. I already accept that many people I meet are racist or have some kind of discriminatory thoughts sure. about me for one reason or another, but especially because of my skin. Uh, so I kind of really don't give a fuck if you racist in, in some ways, in a lot of ways, just because like, as long as you're not like using 
government or power or resources to try to press hinder me because of my race like whatever man go be racist with your racist people and talk about how much you don't like black people if that's what you really want bro that's that's a very 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 based opinion you have there dude i'm not gonna lie i think that uh (laughs) i don't think a lot of people would expect that from you dude we're gonna we're gonna talk more about this in the members only chat man if you if you could give me like three minutes to close this out dude i'll I'll be right back all right brother all right bro thanks all right, guys, go follow Be Mutualist on uh, on Twitter, man. He's pretty cool. He's fun to talk to, dude. He's he's a lot. Listen, I'm gonna be honest. He's a lot cooler in person than he is on on the on the computer. Uh, we've we've had our arguments, man, but he's uh he's cool. I don't think he really believes that he's gonna make me look stupid, and I don't believe that I'm gonna make him look stupid. I think we had a good productive conversation, and we'll we'll carry it on in the uh, members only chat where you know there's like 75 of you that can watch that live. So um, hopefully you guys will do that. Uh, I, I'm impressed, man. I like it. You know, I don't agree with every single thing, but um, you're not taxing my fucking land uh, in my society. I'm going to say that for sure. That's my shit. I bought it. I'm keeping it. Uh, but go check out our sponsors, toplobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you get this great Epstein didn't kill himself hoodie that you see me wearing tonight by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or, guys, seriously, check out the Patreon, subscribe. Sorry, what are we, 120, 123 episodes in, and you haven't joined the Patreon to get all the members-only shows? I know I just took a week or two off uh, during all this you know, Disney stuff when I was just recording shows, but uh, we're back. We're back to the live shows. We're going to have uh, live members-only shows with uh, as many uh, shows as possible. There's already like 70 members-only shows on there that you can watch now that you're missing out. So go check out the Patreon, subscribe star, or become a member of the uh, the YouTube channel under all my videos. But that also will get you into a private Discord server with a really a lot of really cool people, over 100 cool people in there. Uh, and you can get all of Top Lobster's new uh, gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at like a 30% discount. So it really pays for itself, man. At some point, I'm serious. Uh, and of course, check out our executive producers, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today, see what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Uh, I can tell you that Amy Lepore, the owner of Anthem Planning, will be on my show tomorrow with Bill Hines, the chair of the Libertarian Party of Delaware. Very excited about this one. Uh, I've had Amy on before. She's an amazing person. Her husband is an amazing person. I love them to death. Uh, I'm very glad that they've chosen to be a part of Break the Cycle for as long as they have. Um, and I'm very, very excited to talk with her about the Libertarian Party of Delaware tomorrow. Definitely check that out. It's probably going to be it's probably going to be a, a fiery episode. Um, and then on what when that's Wednesday, Thursday show. What's going on? What do I got on the schedule? Let me look because I haven't gotten all the uh, the schedule set up the way that I wanted it this week. Uh yeah. Oh, is it Wednesday already? Holy shit. Yeah. So tomorrow is the Amy Lepore show. And then on Friday, I got Jody uh, um, Plache, who is the son of Gary Plache, who shot his uh, son's uh, molester in an airport on live news. Uh, it's a clip we've all seen for many, many years. Um, Mr. Gary Plache passed away in 2014, but his son, Jody, who went through the ordeal, wrote a book called Why Gary Why? So we'll be talking about that and his life and his advocacy for uh, victims, something that I like to talk about a lot on the show. Um, but it's going to be really, really good. I'm excited for the week. Uh, next week's schedule will be fire, and we will be back to running live shows five days a week, at least for the time being. I'll see you tomorrow for the show with... Uh, Amy Lepore and Bill Hines. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. Due to legal reasons, I just have to escape.
explain The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain A violent call to action in the verse and the frame But I just landed in Minecraft The helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do So any violence you commit, I am not an excuse Because I just landed in Minecraft But Chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold Accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing I mean, you know it The product is just a close to COVID Holy shit, I think I'm a poet In Minecraft, in Minecraft 